Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're talking about mortgage fraud today. It's my privilege to be talking with Cindy Dixon, the President of Mela Capital Group in Florida. Cindy, thanks so much for joining me. It's my pleasure, Tom. Nice to see you. Just to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in mortgage fraud and, of course, what you're doing now with your own organization. Um, I've been in the financial services industry my entire career, um, getting close to 25 years. Um, the last 15, probably um, specializing in mortgage fraud and dealing with uh, mortgage-backed securities companies and um, the nation's largest lenders. And it was um, from about 2002 to about 2005, I was brought on board when Morgan Stanley went into the mortgage-backed securities market. And I was brought on board as a quality control manager looking at pre-funding um, high-risk loans. And I also worked with their our due diligence teams that looked at our product prior to purchase. And immediately when we started setting up shop and going into the mortgage-backed securities business, um, we realized that we were getting a lot of aged product from um, mortgage originators. And generally a, a mortgage loan turns over in 30 to 45 days. What we were seeing right out of the gate, uh, being a new player on the block, was that the loans we were getting were about nine months old. So um, the need to set up a fraud investigations unit was very immediate. Um, so I was tasked with that and oversaw that for four years, um, the first four years that they were actually in the industry. So give me a sense of the types of fraud trends that you're seeing and tracking right now. What we're seeing right now a lot of is um, short sale flipping, um, which is basically it's the standard flip of you know that we, we've always dealt with with regards to mortgage fraud. But what's kind of happening is it's in the reverse where you have an organized fraud scheme. You have the, you know, the standard players, the appraiser, the realtor, um, loan originator, uh, real estate attorney, or any parties of those mem um, any members of those groups. And what they're doing is they're undervaluing properties that are either in short sale or foreclosure status. And then they're flipping them amongst their fraud rings um, and manipulating the values. And, and we're seeing a lot of the title agents are, are very kind of up in arms about simultaneous closings on, on a reverse flip type scheme now. Now we've talked previously and you let me know that there are some unique trends to banks versus those to credit unions. Tell me a little bit about those. That's correct and it's very interesting um, because we, my company also, I partner with um, a couple of other um, organizations that we work with and we're very involved in legislation. There's a lot going on in Washington DC right now um, with all the, all the testifying, but what we're seeing is that the credit unions are actually doing it right and it's a very good business model for the banks and this is something that we've seen in the industry for a very long time um, and it really can be attributed back to credit unions lend on a local level. They tend to know their clients, they're able to set their own policies and procedures, they're lending their own money, um, they generally hold on to their portfolio. So they're, they have the same policies and procedures in place most often that the banks or larger lenders have. However, they tend to enforce them more and it, it's more of a familiarity with their client and with their, um, with their local markets that they lend in. So this means that they really are, they know their customer better and they're maybe able to cut through some of the, the first party deception that you might see if you're at a larger institution? That's correct. I mean, if, if someone's you know representing an income level or a property value, they tend to, to 
they know what that is more and they tend to take it a little more seriously because again they are you know generally lending their own money and they're looking at their own returns so they're a little more vested in enforcing the policies and procedures that they have whereas the banks are generally a couple levels removed from the local markets and may not be that familiar but the, the advice would be get closer to your local market so you can be that familiar. Absolutely, um, and, I, and I've worked with organizations where we've set up those policies and procedures and, and a good way to do that for banks is to set up teams where if you're, if you're marketing um, certain areas, if you're doing loans in Louisiana or you're doing loans in Hawaii or Las Vegas, there, there are nuances to those markets um, both from the, the income and economic standpoint as well as the property standpoint. There are unique trends with the properties in those markets. So if you are training your underwriting groups and, and you have your policies and procedures in place, they can become familiar, they can have conversations with local appraisers, they can get to know their markets better and, and create a better kind of line of defense for risk for the banks. Cynthia, let's talk about loss mitigation. What are some best practices that you see financial institutions employing, or that they should be employing? <laughs> um, you know, really, and it's funny because I have been doing quite a bit of research lately um, on a national basis with a lot of my colleagues that have been doing this for a lot longer than I have, and there are no really new trends in mortgage fraud. Um, it's this kind of the same old thing, and it you know it, it really surprises me that given the market and given the circumstances that you know I, I think are undeniable for all of us at this point that you know implementing basic policies and procedures and enforcing them it, it actually does work and I think now utilizing technology whether it's having internal systems customized or purchasing some very good um, loss mitigation software packages that are out there um, for ver verification purposes, um, there are, we have a lot more tools than we've ever had for mitigating fraud. It's just a matter of a implementing the proper procedures, b continually training with your your underwriting and loss mitigation teams, and making use of the technology as a backup to to re-verify a lot of the information that's coming through the banks. Now, interesting, you mentioned technology because I had a conversation with a couple of authors last week, and you'd think that we're talking about sophisticated fraud detection. They'd be talking about sophisticated methods, but they were very much talking about facial expressions and, and reading facial expressions in body language when you're meeting with somebody. So I've got to ask you, what are some of the most effective ways of identifying the fraudsters? I've actually been talking with, with those, um, yeah, those trainers and um, as recently as last night, and that's a very good methodology. Um, it's a very good methodology, and I think that that kind of takes us back to the, uh, the credit unions where they do know their customers and they're sitting face-to-face -face and dealing with this. I myself haven't seen a greater trend in an electronic format for applications, only because when you're dealing with the bank, on the banking level and the originators, the the originators, the, the loan, the life of the loan kind of begins at the funding table. So a lot of times the loan is being transferred multiple times after it closes and very few, you know, I mean the, the person that filled out that application isn't present and isn't really a part of the, the overall big picture when you're dealing with a mortgage loan. So technology provides a tremendous backup to that. Um, that. That's a very good process for loan originators, but I think the use of technology and now with public records um, and the availability of information that we have, um, you know, there, there's just no real substitute for implementing some technology procedures in, in the process at some point. One of the things I think that has surprised me in talking about mortgage fraud is finding how often the fraudsters depend upon somebody inside the institution. 
That's correct. Um, I would have to say it, it's at least in, in my experience, um, and, and I've looked at about $5 billion worth of high-risk loans to quite a great detail and on a national level. And the thing that's amazing to me is that when you have the proper technology systems in place, you can identify from you know our office in Boca Raton, Florida, we could identify a notary in Phoenix, Arizona, or a loan originator in Seattle, Washington that was at the center of a fraud scheme. Um, so utilizing the technology is very, very critical. I mean, it's available, but um, you know it, it really allows you to kind of track the um, you know the fraudsters and the fraud rings um, you know as they kind of permeate um, with regards to people inside of the banks um, there where the, that's a critical kind of piece is for the banks to have operational procedures and tracking for their verifications I mean that's where a lot of the fraud centers around if you're looking at verifications of deposit um, those types of documents accounting histories and the and the like and um, you know, it, it still amazes me how many banks do not have any type of again tracking procedures because if if there are again making use of technology and they have some type of recording process internally, um, a lot of that can be prevented because I've I've looked at these fraud schemes where I've had pools of mortgages come in from another state where it turns out through our tra tracking system we were able to identify that 80% of the verifications of deposit were completed by the same person on a trade within a bank, um, you know, which is, is, you know, obviously a red flag. So if, if the banks are, you know, have their own um, kind of catch-all system that they're tracking these verifications that are done, they can catch it internally and, you know, they can ask the questions there before, you know, the um, product leaves their institution. What are some of the, the red flags you want to look for to, to find those insiders that could be involved in these schemes? I would say that I would just you know I, I would highly recommend um, speaking with experts um, that's an aspect of what my company does there are other organizations out there that that do the same thing but it, at, at some point or um, a knowledgeable operations per person working with their internal IT team to set up um, these systems that will actually track this information because if you're looking at a monthly operational report and it's impossible to do with the volume that the banks are looking at now, which is another edge that the credit unions have. They don't have the volume that a lot of the larger banks have or the regional banks. But if you're looking at a monthly operational report and, and you're seeing who's completing the verification of deposits, who's accessing account information, who's signing off on these requests, um, you know, you can tell right away whether there, you know, it tends to be one particular person. Um, if there's one person working with one maybe loan broker in the area, or one loan officer who the requests are for, but again, um, you know, making use of the technology and reporting systems, I mean, the red flags really will jump out if your systems are programmed properly. So the one last question for you. You've talked about technology solutions a couple of times. If you could offer just a couple of tips for how financial institutions can employ technology to help them fight fraud, that'd be really valuable. That's a good question, and uh, you, you kind of read my mind on that one. Having the technology is, is only a very small piece of the process. I mean, it you know, there's no way to avoid mortgage fraud and not have manual processes and training coupled with that. Um, and that's the one thing that consistently, whether I'm dealing with risk managers at institutions, whether I'm dealing with law enforcement, um, it it's a partnership out there, and it absolutely has to be an ongoing relationship. So the technology in and of itself is not going to prevent anything. It it really the institutions need to rely on ongoing training, um, ongoing training for their underwriters and fraud mitigation because 
Underwriters have a tendency, they're, they're kind of a different breed of people and they're very focused and um, they tend to work more independently um, and, and they kind of get caught up in, in a lot of, you know, maybe looking at the day-to-day -day in the files. But when you're looking at um, fraud trends, it's good to continually refresh them. So every 90 days or so, um, you know, have someone come in or have an operational, you know, a train-the-trainer track procedure in place where you are sharing the information with the underwriters and just kind of bringing it back to the forefront of their mind, whether it's a short sale flip, whether it's identity theft. Um, again, fraud trends are very regional across the U.S., and so having a good um, operations person involved in that, um, that's very critical to, to helping mitigate a lot of fraud. And another th big piece that I've talked to a lot of um, lenders on, and it's amazing to me that it's not more utilized, but work with the quality control teams. Um, they actually are the friends of the operation staff and the originating staff because a lot of data from your um, servicing and default reports and your quality control reports should be brought back to the operational team, the underwriters, and then again to the front lines to the people that are originating the loans. And it, you know, everything um, is a, is a hand-in-hand -hand process from the, from the minute the loan hits the front door till it exits the back door. It's really, really important that um, everybody work in partnership with each other. Very good, Cindy. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. We've been talking about mortgage fraud. We've been talking with Cindy Dixon with the Mela Capital Group. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.